Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wild Gravity Travel Cast. My name is Jim, and this week we're just going to be talking about uh, some of the news and a couple quick little trip reports uh, from one of my excursions this past weekend. The episode's coming out a little late. I know it is Wednesday, 417, April, April 17th, 2019. So, again, the episode's getting out a little bit later than I'd like. Uh, just life gets in the way sometimes, you know. So anyway, um, as we move on into the news today, uh, first of all, we have Care Care Curl. Uh, we were at the media day for that. Thanks to SeaWorld and Aquatica for having us out. Um, small ride, but really, really fun. And uh, we did a post on that. Michael uh, shared his thoughts on social media as he was riding and taking part in the media day. Um, looks like a really fun slide. Really cool. Uh, great, n- another great addition to Aquatica Orlando. Uh, they've been hitting it out of the park with some of their slide additions recently in the past couple of years or so. So another great slide added to Aquatica Orlando there. Next up, we have this Monster Jam Thunder Alley event coming to three Cedar Fair parks throughout this season. Uh, Cedar Point, Kings Dominion, and Dorney Park almost in the fall. So this event looks kind of cheesy. I mean, the running joke right now is get your mullets ready. Uh, I I just don't know how to feel about it. As far as a marketing perspective, an event perspective, I suppose it merges two different fan bases, forces you, if you like monster trucks but don't like amusement parks, uh, kind of gives Cedar Point or Cedar Fair a business opportunity. But also we had this artwork come out last year at IAPA in Orlando of from Fells Entertainment, who owns Monster Jam, about this roller coaster. And it looked like a wing coaster concept art, but it had it look, had the Gravedigger monster truck on it. And uh, it just makes me wonder if this decision was made to do this event before or after Volcano was taken out, chosen, uh, decided that they had to take it out at King's Dominion. And if that is the case, uh, you can't help but wonder if this coaster concept could be the replacement for Volcano, since they don't have a wing coaster at King's Dominion, and it has been rumored, and land has been cleared on the side there. So, I mean, it, it's and there's going to be more land clearing with Volcano being gone. So, uh, we'll wait and see what happens. We'll wait and see if that concept comes out again or if we see Cedar Fair making a move, whether it be next season or the season after that for a Monster Jam-themed roller coaster. So that's pretty exciting to think about, talk about, uh, just the idea of getting another coaster in a time where, as we can definitely tell, Cedar Fair seems to be grasping at straws for special events uh, going to the Monster Jam brand. But it is good. It's good um, utility to use a brand already out there and that has a lot of fans. So and Monster Jam is pretty cool to see. I do like the concept of it in front of Dragster. I find it quite ironic. Like, why not just have Top Thrill Dragsters uh, or Top Fuel Dragsters come there uh, to show off a little bit? But monster trucks can be more exciting as well. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. Uh, Another quick little point. Sugar Mountain in North Carolina is going to be home to North Carolina's first Alpine coaster. Of course, we have a ton now in the Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville area. So we're going to have one on the other side of the mountains now in Sugar Mountain. Uh, 
so yeah, that's all that. Secret Life of Pets Off the Leash has been officially announced by Universal Studios Hollywood. So that dark ride that's been rumored for at least, oh my gosh, at least five, six years is finally going to happen. SeaWorld's uh, new CEO has gone through his uh, first round of layoffs. It's very common with SeaWorld uh, Parks and Entertainment. It's really sad um, to see that happening, but here we are. Once again, having layoffs, they create positions, and then they eliminate them, whether it be a year or two later. So if you're going to be a corporate officer or manager in the industry working at SeaWorld Orlando or other SeaWorld parks, just be warned that after a couple of years, a layoff is probably headed your way. And it's not really a mean-hearted thing to say because the, the uh, resume is there, the writing's on the wall. Finally, in the news, uh, Kentucky Flyer will have its media day next Thursday, April 25th. We will be there. Uh, Tigris is opening tomorrow, apparently, to the media. We did not get an invite from Bush Gardens. Another uh, wonderful time at being left out by the park. Uh, first Carowinds, now Bush Gardens. It is what it is. And we move on. Tigris is honestly just a copy-paste of a Skyrocket 2. If you've ridden Tempesto or Steel Eel, it's the same coaster people it's not that exciting um but kentucky flyers media day we did get our media kit we got our goggles we're ready to go we're ready to ride with all the other wonderful media personnel that will be there next thursday that'll be thursday evening so we'll be there be sure to follow our social channels for that uh as we take on kentucky flyer another wonderful creation from gravity group so that is going to do it for the news. Coming up after the break, we're going to talk about my recent visit to Six Flags. Uh, I'm going to talk about my recent visit to Six Flags America and uh, getting a chance to walk around and visit Washington D.C. for the first time ever, and my first impressions of that. So stay tuned for all of that. You're listening to the Wild Gravity Travelcast with your host, me, Jim. Okay, welcome back, everyone. So getting into our special segment today, just another trip report from me. Uh, the past weekend, I had the chance to go visit a friend who lives in Annapolis, Maryland. So we took uh, about half a day and went to Six Flags America on Saturday, which was actually their opening day for the season. And I have to say, I was highly impressed Uh with Six Flags America. It, it greatly surprised me. I had always heard really bad things about the park, and this may just be because it's opening day. Things were clean and nice. Um, but surprisingly, everything was ready to go. Every coaster was running except for Firebird, uh, which, of course, used to be the stand-up coaster called Apocalypse. The trains are on Firebird, and actually I posted a picture on our social media accounts. You can go check those out. Um, that... The trains are on, but they are actually still painting the track. There's, and the track looks really great, uh, really well done with the paint they're doing. I'm not sure if Bynum Painting is doing that one. I would assume so. However, they're just doing a really good job uh, with everything on that. But overall, like I said, the park was good. Uh, just like Six Flags St. Louis, we had a very similar guest service, ex service experience. 
the the staff was all friendly, nice, asking how we were doing. Even some games people, we weren't even like they didn't try to entice us to play. They just wanted to see how our day was going. Uh, the park wasn't super busy. We didn't need flash pass, thankfully, um, which is still a ripoff. But then again, Cedar Point has it now, and that's even more. Um, anyway. But the park was really running uh, good. Batwing was even open, which I've heard several people have had issues getting on Batwing. It was really neat to ride a Flying Dutchman. I know a lot of you guys don't like Flying Dutchman coasters, but it was really neat to uh, ride the Laydown Flying Dutchman. Uh, it was the old school style with the motor still built into the train. So it was kind of cool to have that older experience. Um, and the ride was running really well. Actually, was probably about as smooth as Firehawk was uh, a couple years ago. So overall, it was a good ride. Uh, I believe it's uh, Riddler or Joker's Jinx. The premier launching coaster is a really good ride, really solid. Uh, pretty much the same layout as Flight of Fear, it felt like. Um, but it was running really smooth and nicely as well. I will say Man of Steel is still very overrated of a ride layout, especially that layout and version. There's just a lot of flat track. It's gotten really bumpy, really shaky in places definitely not a well-kept intamin uh and that would actually go also for roar the gci in the park wonderful layout i really liked roar a lot i just fear that it's going the ways of guazi did that guazi did at bush gardens tampa so overall hopefully six flags will give the coaster some love hopefully maybe they'll even buy it some of the gci trains to go on it just like Hershey Park kind of went back and retrofitted with GCI, the GCI trains on the first ever GCI Wildcat, and the coaster runs better than ever now, in my opinion. So that's Six Flags America, and of course they got a Hang and Bang, they got a Vacoma SLC, uh, and it's uh, it's um, bumpy and shaky as always, you know, guaranteed to box your ears. Uh, but overall, like I said, park was really nice. Coaster's running really well. Um, and staff, very friendly. So kudos again to Six Flags for two for two on the season for us, uh, visiting for me visiting a Six Flags park. It's actually kind of reinvigorated my spirit and like of Six Flags. So won't go to the love word yet, but definitely the like. So the next thing uh, we got into was Sunday we took a – a drive over near Washington, D.C. And, I mean, personally, I've never been to Washington, D.C. And, of course, this isn't going to really be about coasters. It's going to be more about museums. We only had a chance to – we took the metro into town. Very safe, very nice ride on the metro into town. Um, we made it to two museums and several of the landmarks, like the Capitol Building, um, the Washington Monument, which is closed. You can't go in it or near it right now. But it was nice to see. Um and it says it was closed indefinitely. But we did get a chance to go to the Natural History Museum. Overall, didn't really care a whole lot for that museum. It was nice. It had a couple great exhibits. It was cool to see dinosaur bones up close. And it was cool to see uh, some of the mammal exhibits were nice. But it was kind of like being at like a taxidermy zoo is the best I could say. If you're into diamonds, they have the Hope Diamond. Uh, so that's a thing, I guess. Um, but then... We went to the uh, the um, National American History Museum, 
and that was that blew me away. I, I wish we'd have had more time to spend in there, but we pretty much spent the rest of our day in there and didn't make it to any other museums. So there'll be lots for us to do when we go back. Uh, hopefully, Brent will get a chance to go along on the next trip, and we'll be able to have more time for museums and stuff because there's definitely a lot uh, to do with uh, Washington D.C. in and around. Definitely want to go to the to the zoo as well. One of the three zoos in the country with pandas. So definitely want to go back soon. Uh, don't know how soon we're going to make it back, but definitely would like to make it back over there soon. Uh, getting back to the uh, American History Museum, there's lots of cool things to see in there. One of the neatest things I didn't know they had, I didn't really do much research on the museum before we went. And uh, I was honestly really impressed and pleasantly surprised by the uh, flag that inspired the Star Spangled Banner is on display. And there, it's in tatters. You know, there's pieces cut out from it. But it's, you know, in a... Uh, it's in a uh, kind of darkened room, secure location. There, you know, they tell the story of it and how it came to be and everything, and it, it was really neat. And then there's just tons of other little things in there, from like old McDonald's containers, obviously not used, like the old styrofoam containers. Uh, three really cool trains, including a Baldwin uh, from 1876, and that was really cool. But also a much larger train. If you're into Titanic, they have one of the life vests from Titanic, but just about every museum does these days. Like every Titanic uh, tourist trap does. I know that. So, But there was a really big train from the uh, American Locomotive Company, and that train's from 1926, but it was a massive train. Really cool to see. I'm a train person, so that was definitely the highlight for me. Um, they had several turbines on display. Uh, just about everything you could imagine from American history had a wonderful war exhibit, a uh, couple little superhero stuff on exhibit, uh, Captain America's shield from the first movie. Uh, one of the Batmobiles is on display there. Uh, getting back to the war stuff, they have like a medal of honor displayed, which is cool. And it shows like the different medals of honor through time. And, uh, just several different pieces. There's Ruby slippers, all sorts of stuff, and uh, oh, definitely a good museum worth checking out. Honestly, I would recommend that over the Natural History Museum if you have to pick between the two. I'm sure it's not quite as cool as the Air and Space Museum, but uh, me being a, a train and kind of shipping uh, buff and really into that stuff, I, I liked it a lot. They had a whole corner dedicated to like not only cruise ships, but like the history of ships, steamships that have been on the rivers, all sorts of stuff like that. And like I said, overall, the museums are all free, which is nice. Uh, if the museum isn't free, chances are it's not good. And in Washington, D.C., that is. So definitely be sure to check out some of the Smithsonian museums when you're in town. Definitely a lot more walking than I expected. The National Mall is a lot longer uh, from one end to the other. We didn't even get a chance to go out to the Lincoln Memorial, sadly. Uh but definitely a lot more walking there. You can rent these scooters. Uh, of course, there's your average like people patrolling the streets with like shopping carts of like random political junk for sale. And so you have to kind of avoid those. And the only thing that I think makes Washington a little trashy is you can park on the street, but they have places set up where you can't park. And that's so that charter buses can park there. 
And to me, that really distorts and ruins the image of trying to look at the building fronts of the museums. And you've got all these charter buses of school groups and stuff sitting there. And they could just as easily park like a mile away and walk in or take the metro in. And, and I just think there's a better system that they could do that in Washington, D.C. than just let them literally park on the street. Um, so, yeah, that's my only little criticism, I guess. And uh, finally, I guess one more thing. Quick little tip if you didn't know. Parking in Washington, D.C. on Sundays is free. So they have these little parking meters and stuff, and you can tag your car, and you pay to park. Uh, but it's only parking for up to two hours. Well, on Sundays in Washington, D.C., on the National Mall, it looks like parking is free. And if you need your food truck fix, on both ends of the National Mall, there's at least 25 food trucks lined up on the side of the street ready to serve food. And I'm told they're there on a daily basis. They pretty much don't move. They just hook up and sit there. Um, but we didn't get a chance to try anything from the food trucks. But I definitely recommend eating or getting your drinks from there. Because inside the museum, that was our only other experience, a pop costs five twenty-five each. And that is a bottle of pop or soda, uh, depending on what region you're from. Uh, just really expensive. Smithsonian's definitely getting their money back through food and, well, terrible food and beverage sales for sure. And of course, the souvenirs are all nice. The shops are all nice. Didn't buy anything, but overall, definitely a great experience at the Smithsonian Museum. Definitely can't wait to go back and see more of the cool stuff. Uh, makes for long days of walking through museums for sure. So that about wraps up this episode. And once again, want to remind you of our coverage coming up this weekend. Uh, we will have coverage from Kings Island opening day, pending it doesn't get completely rained out. We will be taking video and sharing video of people that are somehow crazy enough to wait three hours, what I estimate will be close to two to three hours in line to drive a gas-powered miniature car around a little track. Yes, it's nice, but let's, let's be honest, in a couple months, it's going to be walk-on. So it's just because it's new and shiny. Uh, so can't wait to see that. Overall, we'll have more coverage from the restaurant, the new restaurant, and, uh, of course, International Street getting a massive refurbishment. Can't wait to see how that has all turned out. And, of course, the Beast Footprints will have a video. I'll probably try to post a video of us walking and following in the footprints of the mysterious creature that work, look, lurks in the backwoods of Kings Island. So that'll be our coverage this weekend coming up. So stay tuned for that. And, of course... Next Thursday, April 25th, that evening, we will be at Kentucky Kingdom. And this will be my first time at Kentucky Kingdom since it was Six Flags. So long overdue visit to the park. Uh, we'll be there for Kentucky Flyer Media Day. Definitely can't wait for that. So be sure to follow us there. Uh, follow our social accounts there as uh, we show off the wonderful new Gravity Group creation. And that'll about do it for this week. My name is Jim. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wild Gravity Travelcast. And be sure to check out our website, wildgravitytravels.com, and our YouTube page for sure for tons of content in the upcoming days and weeks ahead. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy the parks. <laughs>